Welcome, everybody, to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody doing out in listener slash viewer land? Uh, we hope you're doing good. Harry, how are you doing tonight? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's a hot one today. Uh, we were mm-hmm. talking about it earlier. So uh, I don't think we're going to have too many hot takes, um, you know, about the the movie we're going to discuss today. But uh, yeah, just trying to battle the heat, trying to stay inside, trying to stay cool. Amen, brother. Hans, how you doing, buddy? I- I've been struggling all day to try and figure out how I'm going to keep this this uh, this discussion PG rated um, <laughs> after the movie that we did watch. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a struggle for uh, for the last 24 hours. <laughs> good. Uh, well, not good that it's a struggle, but good that you're trying to keep it PG for uh, exactly. for everyone out there. Exactly. Um, as for me, uh, I know it's a little off topic. Our topic for tonight, by the way, is the Suicide Squad. But uh, I actually have been catching up on some TV shows real quick that you mm. guys have mentioned. Uh, to beat you down about <laughs> Yeah, one of them, definitely, which was Ted Lasso, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought is uh, it, it. You know, it's so weird because I want to say like the show is perfectly fine. I don't you know, I think maybe it's getting a little overhyped. But the thing that is is kind of magical about it for me is that mm-hmm. just like the characters in the show, I find that the more that I watch it, the the more charmed I am by it uh, and by Ted. Like he, yeah. he really does grow on you. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of interesting sharing that with the characters on the TV. Are you, show, but are you caught up all the way? Or are you still? I am. Through? Oh, yeah, wow. I, I binged it in two days. So. <laughs> it is. It is a quick binge. Yes. Me and the um, wife did the same thing. And then Mythic Quest, uh, which I know you recommended hands. Um, so I started watching that. I'm only like four episodes in. I don't like it as much as Ted Lasso, but I do enjoy it. Um, I think it's it's pretty good. And uh, I think um, uh, Pootie Shoe by far is a bigger villain than Jamie Tart. So there's that. <laughs> um, no, it, it, it's with Ted Lasso. Like I, I jumped on. I did the same thing where I binge watched the first season before the second season came out. And I, I thought like it, it, it has a lot of heart to it where like it's not necessarily like some of my favorite parts aren't necessarily where like it's a comedy. It, it's got mm-hmm. some really nice moments in it. And same with Mythic, Mythic Quest, where it kind of um, the second season. I don't think it focuses too much on the comedy, but there are a lot of like seriously, it, it's kind of like in that formula of Ted Lasso, like more of a workplace comedy. But, um, but the, the, I think for Apple, like I, like I said, I'm, I'm on a roll with like knocking out like Apple's content. Like they have so much good stuff. And, you know, Lasso, Ted Lasso, I jumped on the train like very, very late, like a day before the second season started. So I, um, I, I was glad I did. I, I love it, Joe. For sure. Uh, well, if anybody out there wants to check either of these out, check them out. It's on Apple TV. If you have a PS5, um, you can actually get six months free, which is what mm-hmm. I did. I signed up for a free trial. Um, but that's not why we're here tonight. We are here tonight to talk about a different kind of uh, movie um, with heart also, and that is The Suicide Squad. Um Surprise, we're doing the 2016 version. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes, not not quite the uh the 2016 version. We're we're doing no, the, uh, the brand new 2021. So warning as always, you know, there's spoilers on this show. Here there be spoilers. So we're gonna kick right. it off. Uh we'll kind of go, you know, with some points that we saw in the movie and then highlights and lowlights, all that good stuff. 
so the movie kicks off with um, a Johnny Cash song, which is always a good start. Like, you, you want to get me to buy in, I'm there. Um, but I will say, you know, overall, I didn't think the uh, the soundtrack was like as iconic as Guardians of the Galaxy 1 or 2 or even the first Suicide Squad. Like, it starts off really strong with that Johnny Cash song. And then the rest of the soundtrack just it doesn't follow up with stuff that's uh, as heavy hitting or, or mm. as iconic, I guess, or epic as uh, the other stuff, uh, those other James Gunn and David Ayer projects, yeah, yeah. which is, and, and it's interesting with the David Ayer one, because um, all, a lot of that stuff, the songs he was forced to put in. Uh, mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, did you guys have any thoughts on the Johnny cash intro or, uh, any of the uh, soundtrack? Um, I, I thought the soundtrack was a little weak compared to like, you know, some of these superhero movies that have like really great soundtracks like Guardians. Um, I was excited that the Decemberists, which is one of my favorite bands, was included um, in the um, intro for Bloodsport in the jail. Hmm. Um, I love that song. It was very like I, I think like when you watch that watch it with subtitles, a lot of it says like indie pop. And it's like indie pop music plays. So I think they kind of took a different route than like, you know, Guardians goes more like 80s and 90s kind of rock. And and I honestly, I don't even remember any music from the air one. I don't I, I don't remember much from that movie. Like, mm-hmm. I think I've only watched it once or twice, so I can't really comment on the soundtrack. It does feel like the way it, the music is utilized, that it's a gun like it's, it's how like gun kind of makes his movies. But it wasn't as strong as his other ones, but I, I still I enjoyed it for being that fan of like that indie pop. So it was good for me, but not not as strong as the other as the other movies he's done. Like I still think they went in like Guardians one as one of the best like movie soundtracks like ever. So it's 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 very, very hard to top those. Sure. Hair. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, who doesn't love a little Johnny Cash? I'm sure someone can name one song that they that they like from Johnny Cash. But uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't stand out too much. I felt like it was a little overdone to me. Like, I felt like maybe the middle part probably, I think after Harley, I mean, again, spoiler alert, kills that uh, the president, um, you know, the, in you know, interim president or whatever. Uh, you know, I felt like it was like at that point, there was like a song played near there. And I was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, um but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it. Guardians, you know, class, class A, you know, class S tier, you know, movie for as far as soundtracks. But, um, you know, I would say, I don't know, for me, it didn't really stand out to me, uh, you know, yeah. with the soundtrack. Uh, but that shouldn't let let this color your opinion of the movie, because as you'll <laughs> see, it is a, uh, Absolutely a fantastic not. film. Um, so I thought, you know, this is just a little nitpick, but I thought it was interesting because Waller says to Savant in the beginning when she's. I don't know, inducting him into the suicide squad or whatever, you know, the deal, but then he gets his first explosive. So it's like, well, how would he know the deal? Is that just prison scuttlebutt or yeah. has he been on task force X before? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so I, I, don't I, I have a feeling it's just like the reputation that they have, because I mean, like I, it, it, this picks off, like, I don't know how many years after the first one and they probably like word got the around at like seven or uh, yeah, seven or eight, like, like prisoners got a chance to like reduce their sentence. So I feel, I have a feeling this task force X, it's been going on for a while and it just, it has that reputation of just like, if Waller's coming at your, at your cell, then, yeah. then you're getting called up. 
Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I, f- I feel like we've all worked with someone where it's like, uh-oh, like, here they come. And I feel <laughs> like know Waller's the deal. that person. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, no, what is? It? we know what she's here for. So, Fair point. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that there was a Deadpool for the Suicide Squad. They were actually taking bets on who was going to make it out of the mission. Um, and that was Waller and her team. So that was a, a pretty yeah. interesting take. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was I was going to say I felt I felt like, you know, talking about, you know, just because we're talking about the backroom staff. That was really that was a really funny moment. But I honestly wish there would have been a little bit more of that. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. it was a good mix of like jumping into the back room. But I'll get to a point when we talk about, uh, you know, Squ- Suicide Squad B or, you know, the uh, the decoy squad. Um, but, yeah, there, there was something I think they could have did a little different there with that. Mm-hmm. How so. did you feel about the uh, the support characters that I guess Waller had surrounding her? Because I really like Steve Agee, I, you know, both as a, a comedian and in the movie. Mm. I thought he was good in that role. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think that they were appropriately cast or they could have done better? I feel for me, I feel like I'm not familiar enough with them, which was kind of part of my issue. Like, I, I kind of would have wished that, like, Pete Davidson's character would have been like one of the uh, one of the people in the back room like some kind of computer nerd who's like, like I kind of wish they would have taken a little bit more of that and not wasted them in the first, you know, again, spoiler alert, uh, 20 minutes of the movie. Um, You know, my wife turned to me in today and she's like, you didn't tell me Pete Davidson was in this movie. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, uh, she was like, was, why didn't you say that? And like making this big deal about like, Hey, why wasn't he in this movie? And uh, uh, you know, I was like, well, do you want me to spoil it for you? And she's like, okay, go ahead. And I was like, yeah, he's gone in the first 15, 20 minutes. Like that's it for him. (laughs) um so like i would have i think i would have i would have been interested to see like because i feel as though one of my gripes for the movie is like i don't like get the amanda waller character like for this one like i felt Mm -hmm. like it was just a friendly reminder and i get it you know i know she's probably in the comics and you know it's a familiar face but like i wish they would have taken a different track with like the back room or like the you know the leaders of the suicide squad and how it works so i wish they would have put a little bit more time kind of similar to um cabin in the woods like when they kind of you know spoiler alert if you haven't seen that they kind of reveal there's people behind the scenes for that um and it's like some some known faces that you know and it's like oh this is this is a little bit more humorous so that was my big take on that for it hans how do you feel about the support characters uh waller has surrounding her I like I liked her team like and it, I liked uh, what's his name Steve Aggie got like mm-hmm. double double role in this one for uh, being mm-hmm. on set King Shark, um, so I think that was pretty cool. But um, I, I was glad to see like her back because I, I I was looking at more like of the supporting cast that they have like with it, and I feel like that's why they brought in like even with in the Suicide Squad like Captain Boomerang he was back. I think they wanted to try and reconnect to let people know like to kind of. Like it, it, the first like couple minutes, it's kind of like I think it's like a two throwaway sentence. They sum up the whole first movie in a matter of like a sentence. They're like, "This is the deal. You get ten years off your life." Blah 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 blah. So, and I think like having those supporting characters like um like Waller, Captain Boomerang, um I think the other the other um the decoy squad, I guess as we can call them. I think the casting on those was great. I don't I didn't know half of them, but I mean like Pete Davidson, you know Michael Rooker, you know, and I think and and if I'm correct nathan fillion yeah yes tdk yeah um which i thought was cool but um i you know they weren't in there long um so i i thought it was a a cool little i i i've put this in my notes like i think this is probably one of the best intros to a movie 
like in the first 10 minutes. And I think the supporting cast helps a lot, especially like Pete, Pete Davidson's character where he's just so like been out of shape and like, and so like, I don't want to say like neurotic, but then like when he's like, basically like, I had a feeling like if anyone was going to be like kind of a, a, like backstab the group, it would be Pete Davidson. Like that was like my, my own like kind of bet I had going on. Um, but it was cool. Like, I, I think all their characters fit, like their personalities, like kind of fit the roles that they were in. Um, but again, they weren't like main characters. So I was, I think they were used like very appropriately. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you guys talked about Pete Davidson. Uh, you know, he, he had a, a couple lines in the helicopter scene. I was just, that whole scene in particular, I was dying at. I thought it was hysterical. Um, yeah. But Pete Davidson, yeah, he, he talk about maximizing your minutes. I mean, he's not in the movie long, but he definitely leaves an impression. And I absolutely wanted more yeah. Blackguard after this. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Computer. Yeah. But like, like you guys said, I mean, all of, uh, all of that decoy squad, um, they were fantastic. You know, TDK, the detachable kid. What does TDK stand for? Well, that's my name uh uh savant you know michael rooker like you said and weasel i need a 15 minute like live action short of just like what happens to weasel after this movie because that was fantastic he was hilarious um i think one of the funny things too with it it got me worried like that first like with the decoy squad is when they put harley and um and uh geez uh flag on it i got really nervous because i'm like they better not kill like, I know Harley because she's in other, like, parts with Bloodsport. And I'm like, they better not, like, kill these two off because I think, like, that. But, uh, I mean, one of them they don't. But I just got, like, really nervous where I'm like, oh, man, like, it, this is all. The whole trailer was just, like, basically just a show. And luckily yeah. they made it out. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Hera, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I got a little hot take. Like, I didn't really care for Weasel. Um, I thought it was funny in the helicopter, and I thought it was funny, um, you know, when he when he jumps out, and they're kind of like, did no one get the notes that he can't swim? <laughs> um, I thought that was really funny because uh, we were talking a little bit about that. But uh, other than that, like when the end credit scene comes up, and it's like him for one of them, and it's like I don't really care. Like, sure, like. But I think there could be, you know, a funny 15 minute short, not centered around him, but him kind of walking around and maybe seeing the carnage after being like, arr, arr, arr. Um, you know, with his maybe eating some kids. Voice. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> just nibbling, just taking a little nibbles. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I um, yeah, that's that was my thoughts on Weasel. Hot take. Maybe if people love Weasel. So uh, Hans, you kind of touched on this, but um, interesting to me that Waller chose to put uh, uh, like flag and Quinn on squad a the decoy squad seeing that their whole purpose was to get annihilated, you know, and just provide a diversion. So that was kind of um, interesting well, on, on her part. I will say, I think she put flag on the first squad because later on in the movie, when peacemaker, like he's the backup plan for like making sure, or he's like the plan to make sure that the plans don't get, you know, or the video or whatever it was. And so right. like if flag doesn't, you know, he isn't there, he never finds it. So, um, or, you know, it never becomes a, you know, a big thing. So I think that's probably why she wanted to wipe him out. Now, do I think that's galaxy brain like thinking? Yeah. Cause I was definitely thinking the same lines with you, Greg, where it's like, yeah, why is flagging Quinn here? If like the whole point is to like just be a distraction and get them annihilated, you know, or to, you know, maybe, maybe she's like, oh, I flipped a coin and like, you know, we'll see, you know, whatever happens. But 
yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, Chris, what were your thoughts? Yeah, there's no way that that she could have known that they weren't they're going to be the two that survived. So, yeah. like, I guess the expectation was like, I don't know if they if they consider them like, yeah, like like a liability because you know Harley goes off the rails a lot, like in the three movies that she's in. I mean, I haven't mm-hmm. seen Birds of Prey, but just assuming her Solid character from movie. Suicide Squad. Um, but they and then you know, um, Flag will, will end up doing what you know what you consider right or wrong depending on what side you're on. So I, I think that was like, you know, that was Waller's plan to like eliminate those two, knowing that the the real squad would be able to like kind of get the job done and and Bloodsport's kind of like that type of guy where it's just like, it's he's, and when you first see him, he's only really out for himself. Mm-hmm. And, and towards the climax of the movie with Starro, you see it where he's just kind of like, not my problem, that's not the job. So I, I think, I think it was, I, I think, Putting them on there like they weren't supposed to make it out of the beginning, which is why I got scared. But you know, luckily I was wrong. So. Chris was uh, grabbing his pillows and hugging his teddy bear. <laughs> they better make it out, please, flag, please. Um, you brought up Bloodsport, and uh, James Gunn did something in this. I mean, the the comedy in this movie is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, one of the the layers to that, or, or one of the jokes, is how he relates. Uh, Bloodsport and Deadshot from the first movie, which he basically gives them the same backstory, yeah. which is, you know, oh, they're experts at weapons and martial arts, and uh, they shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet and put him in the hospital. And then, similarly, he does the same thing with uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker in that, you know, oh, they're experts in hand-to-hand, and uh, Peacemaker was raised by his father and, uh, and trained uh, to be deadly. So I think that's just a, it's a funny little jab on comics in general and how all these, uh, you know, villains have such similar origins. It's kind of yeah. copy and paste, but it fits within the movie and provides just a, a little wink and a nod uh, to comic fans, I think. Um, was there anything that you guys picked up on uh, with with those origins or anything you want to comment on? My original thought was, and I don't know if I, I didn't, I only watched the trailer for this once. So, and I know, and I know like the casting that like Idris Elba was in it, but I didn't know like if they released who he was playing at all. Mm. Like, so mm. I thought for some reason they just recast Will Smith and he was going to be dead shot. And um, I thought that's where they were going with it. So it was kind of, and then I read a little more knowing that like Will Smith had to drop out cause he did. Um, he was doing something else. He was going to so, drop out regardless. He's he's a flake. Well, he said he would come. He said he would come back. That's why they didn't yeah, okay. kill. That's why they didn't, they didn't like recast them. So I yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. And um, so it was cool. But I, I think it's funny at the fact that like they did like basically just redo Deadshot and just basically put a different actor in there and, and just not mm. call him Deadshot. But he, he basically is the same exact character. And, <laughs> and it is funny with like Peacemaker when they're like going back and forth where he's just like, yeah, he's like. Well, I do that too. Like you do, like that. Like, it, it, I think it's cool to have two like the same character, but their their personalities are like way different. Yes, yeah. which leads to a little bit of a little game of like one-upsmanship later on. We see that kind of pay off uh, throughout the movie. Um, Harley Quinn. I uh, I miss the old Harley from Suicide Squad, uh, the 2016 movie, where she was just a psychotic. Uh, in this one, she's more comedic relief with some, you know, some action thrown in. Um, but I do appreciate that they continued the arc that she's had 
from Suicide Squad to Birds of Prey and now The Suicide Squad. Um, what did you guys think about Harley in the movie? Yeah, for me, I was going to say I felt like I felt like they kind of sidelined her in a way. And I, you know, I feel like, you know, whether that might have been, you know, she did have her own movie just last, you know, I get, well, actually, I guess it was two years ago um, or however, you know, February, I think it was of 2019. Um, you know, but I felt like they kind of sidelined her by, you know, get, having her get captured and like removing her from the squad. So like, but like, she's always such a, like, I guess a wild card in a way, um, that it kind of makes sense that she just kind of jumps in with the team and like, you know, kind of saves the day towards the end as well and plays her part. But I felt like they kind of sidelined her a bit. And, you know, I, I do agree with you, Greg. I think, you know, they are kind of continuing arc, which is, you know, nice to see from them of like doing something that's actually, you know, from DC, I mean that way of like doing something smart and using a character that everyone loves and continuing to build on it. Um, but yeah, I felt like she was a little sidelined, but I did love her in this movie. I mean, you know, I thought, uh, you know, the the scene when she shoots the president and, you know, talks about how, like, if I ever get a boyfriend and there's red flags, like, I'm going to murder him. Um, I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed her character as much as it was that I felt like it was kind of like pushed a little bit to the side, but it's kind of like they have to include her in a way, kind of like, you know, they, I, I guess like, you know, if you haven't listened to our Justice League pod, um, go ahead. It's, it's a long one. You actually have to find it on YouTube because uh, we broke, we broke whatever we did when, uh, when we recorded it, but like they, they pull Superman out in like the last half. And like, I didn't feel that way with Harley exactly, but I felt like they kind of like pushed her away, you know, and again, it could have been, you know, hey, she was only available for certain shooting dates and a lot of other people weren't there, you know, until maybe the end or whatever. But, um, you know, uh, just speculating there. But uh, but yeah, enjoyed her hands. Yeah, I, I was glad they used her as a as a um, as a secondary character. Well, not secondary, but like kind of put her off their side. Like Margot Robbie yeah. is phenomenal in this role. Um, and she even said it. She would play this role for the rest of her life. Like she enjoyed playing it. And I, I and I thought. You know, it's cool they include her in the beginning, but then, like, I think there was so much more side stuff where I forgot she actually was alive and, mm. like, was in the movie, and it was kind of refreshing. Now, I ha- I want to go back and see Birds of Prey because I-, I heard, like, it's not it's not the best movie, but it's not bad. It's enjoyable. It's fun. So, yeah, so I'll, yeah, so I'll give it a shot. Um, I thought she was the best part of the first Suicide Squad. Um, I-, I think she was definitely out of the top, I guess, one or two good things about that movie. Um, So I'm glad to see her back. But again, I was glad to see her kind of have her moments Um, and she still stood out. But I I think like I feel like you could have taken her out of this movie and I would have still enjoyed it just as much as I did. Um, But I think having her in there was just a plus. And I think the fact that they were rebooting for, I guess, lack of a better word, the Suicide Squad, um, they needed to include her to kind of you know a lot of people no one i haven't heard one person say a bad thing about her so i think to have that connection and have her return like was needed to Mm. see however like they move forward with this it's funny you know you you talk about um needing familiar faces and stuff and other than you know discounting captain boomerang rick flag and (laughs) harley quinn because they were in the first one I think maybe I only knew one or two of the the new characters from Task Force X out of all of them, mm. like both squads. Uh, so it was it was kind of interesting that they chose a lot of unfamiliar people. And I'm assuming it was because James Gunn knew they were going to be cannon fodder. So it's like, let's just play around and pick some obscure yeah. C-list or D-list or Z-list characters. Um, 
but you know they they struck gold with uh rat catcher too uh, <laughs> which i love that they actually had that that she was rat catcher too and, and not just rat catcher um mm. but i think that she was the heart and soul of the movie um you know with uh with her whole kind of attitude and outlook on um, life, as well as trying to make friends with, uh, you know, King Shark, Nanawe, and um, uh, how she kind of chooses to see the good in everybody uh, to the point where it even, I don't, I don't know if that necessarily was what connected um, with uh, Bloodsport, but, you know, he, he saw bits of his daughter, in her mm. and she allows him to she's kind of a catalyst for his change uh to become a better character so yeah. i really like her placement and what they did with her uh her thread throughout this movie um and you know powers wise it, it makes sense to have her in there uh we could kind of see the damage that she does um towards the end uh what did you guys think about rat catcher did you have any particular favorite um suicide squad member um, I, my favorite was Peacemaker only because like, and we'll talk, I, I'm sure we'll talk about a little more, a little bit more later about John Cena. I think like the, what he brought to the role, like I'm not a John Cena acting fan. I'm not even like a John Cena wrestling fan, like, for, but I, I loved him in this. It's role. hard to see him. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought like uh, he, he does like, even with like fast, whatever one we just saw, um uh, yeah he was kind of he was whatever in it but i think he plays such like a like a like a great act like kind of soldier like i don't want to say goody two-shoes because he's not like he's actually like the exact opposite which i didn't know much about his character before going in like i thought he was kind of a goody two-shoe kind of like always following the rules but he's like he's just as crude as blood sport for the most part and he and he's like he'll he'll literally do anything to get peace which is very like contradictory but um mm-hmm. but i think like just going back to rat catcher like rat catcher 2 um my favorite part of rat catcher 2 is her dad with the fantastic cameo of taika watiti which i didn't know that was him i had to rewind it because i it threw me off for a minute so you know marvel's nice. kind of slowly taken over dc um <laughs> but it, it, that was a cool moment but i like her powers were like a little goofy like to be able to control rats but i, I think they like the with if this was David David Ayer's movie, then she would have been wasted. Like she would have been just like a kind of a character that can control an, an animal no one really likes, and and you wouldn't get that backstory from her, and you wouldn't like yeah. she wouldn't be part of those like little like she has some she has some really really good moments, and I, I think that um I think that was necessary. And like James Gunn really understands like how to give time to an ensemble like team like this, as you we've seen it twice with Guardians. Um, and I think he would, if this was any other, any other, um, director, I think it probably would have fallen flat, but I I liked how they utilized her character. Like she, you're right. She was the heart of the movie. So, um, how, what what about you? Did you have a favorite? Yeah. I mean, obviously my boy, my boy Idris, uh, stands Mm -hmm. out for me always and forever. Uh, you know, uh, but 
I Ratcatcher really, really kind of stole the show for me. Um, similar to kind of what Greg was saying, you know, I mean, they definitely make her the heart of the movie, but this is my big problem with DC. DC movies are usually trash for the majority and they're usually garbage and we usually, you know, hate on them and everybody talks about how they're not Marvel. And it's like, I'm, you don't need to be Marvel by just like having a character in there. Who's like kind and like optimistic and like, you know, like this is, I, I kind of, I guess I would compare it to like, um, the Flash's character in Justice League, you know, just playing off of DC, you know, products here where it's like, yeah, that added some levity. It added some comedy, you know, it added some lightheartedness to this brooding kind of, yeah, you know, tough guy, you know, thing. And it's like her character was just, you know, and her and uh, her and Bloodsport have that moment, you know, on the bus where she tells the backstory, you know, and they kind of, you know, have that moment of that little heart to heart. And like, that's, it couldn't have been more than like five, 10 minutes. And like, that's all you need in the movie, you know, to kind of build, you know, a character out. So yeah, she really stole the movie for me. Um, she hasn't actually, the actress hasn't done much. I think her name's like uh, Natalia uh, or Daniela Mel Melchior. Um, So I looked her up afterwards and I was like, have I seen her in anything? And she hasn't really been in anything too big. Um, so definitely on the radar. I mean, she doesn't do much like, you know, this is one of those roles where it's like she doesn't like have a lot to do, but when she does it, you're just intrigued and you can kind of like see the the performance, you know, stand out for you. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely probably my second favorite uh, behind, obviously, Bloodsport Idris. <laughs> well, I hope we do get to see more of her in other yeah. movies. Because, Run it uh, back. Yeah. I mean, not even as Ratcatcher, too, but just in general, I, I hope she gets some casting gigs off of this. Yeah, because uh, she was definitely good. Um, so this is just kind of like a little, I don't even know, non sequitur or whatever, but when, uh, -oh. when the, um, <laughs> when the suicide squad makes it to Jotunheim and, uh, peacemaker Jotunheim. takes uh, peacemaker takes, uh, the thinker's head and just shoves it into the retinal scan to the point where he hits his head. I'm laughing as I say it even now, like yeah. I watched, I watched the movie twice and both times I laughed for legit like two minutes after that uh to the point where my wife was like it is not that funny and i'm like no it absolutely is um, so i i don't know i just i thought that was hysterical uh and i laughed uncontrollably um but moving on to something that wasn't as funny uh the starro lab i thought that was really oh man really kind of terrifying and uh you know it showed it showed the thinker as someone who was a, a bit more devious than I guess we we had suspected up to this point. And uh, yeah, we're not even devious, but just uh, man, what's the right word? Maniacal, maybe. I don't know, because you see the kind of grotesque experimentation going on there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's gun pulling off the horror as well as, you know, the comedy and the action that, that we've seen. Um, what did you guys think about that? I, I, I don't deal like i don't like i first of all i don't like sea life so starfish is like one of like it's probably the most like gentle <laughs> it's probably the most like gentle sea creature not anymore and now it's like now it's ruined for me like i i've i've held a live starfish and i'm like oh this is nice and now i see it and i'm like i'm I, this is like the only like you're gonna punt it only animal in the ocean i was not terrified of which i am now um so but i, I it is like it reminded me of like any kind of like slimy type character like that, the way they like the sound effects in it is like, 
Like I, mm-hmm. it, I hate it. It like drives me nuts. <laughs> and it reminded me of like Gunn's other movie, Slither. I don't know if if you haven't seen that. Um, I haven't. But I, I've heard good things. I've only made it about halfway through because like that whole like alien takeover, like little slithery things. I, nah. And this is why like, and it kind of reminded me of that, but like when they started talking like with the starfish on their faces and like they're, because they're being mind controlled that like I, it really creeped me out. I thought, mm. and I agree. It, it was terrifying to bring like some, put, to put some of that like horror in there. Cause the movie, 95% of it's comedy, like for the most part. And to throw yeah. that in there, you're like, this this is like severely messed up. Um, it got real. <laughs> it got real, and I and now I hate starfish. <laughs> yeah. Harry, what about you? What did you um, think of the lab? Yeah. So for me, so if anyone's seen the movie, have you guys seen the movie Life in 2017 with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds? No, but I've seen I the movie no. Life. I've seen the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and um, oh, Jesus. and Martin. I've seen Lawrence. that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought you were getting. At. Uh, that's a great. That's a great movie, by the way. Um, so anyway, so in that movie, it's it's very similar to to Star to to Starro or Star, you know, the Starfish character. It basically is the same thing. Like they're they're basically a, a team that ends up you know finding this thing. And so I got real real bad vibes of that because that ends with like a horror ending. Um, but, uh, you know, I also, you know, I mean, obviously there's the alien element of it, you know, with the kind of being kind of sucked on the face and, you know, uh, you know, there's the jaw, they kind of did like a little bit of a jaws reference where it's like, they didn't show too much of them until, you know, the very end when they, you know, bring them out and, you know, show them fully. Um, but I kind of, I, I like to compare it a little bit to kind of Watchmen. Like it kind of mm-hmm. felt like a Watchmen type kind of not villain, but like a Watchmen, you know, when the squid. Like a reveal. Up, up yeah. Kind of like that um to me where it's like oh is this is this for real and it's like oh shoot like yeah this thing opens its side and you know a million of these things come out uh but yeah definitely kind of creepy i remember sitting in the theater like kind of having to like you know shudder or to like barely look at some points when especially when they were in the basement in jodenheim um because it definitely had that element which you know this is again this is what good movies do they can make you laugh you know one moment make you be like all oh, the next moment and then you know have this moment where you're terrified and you're like i need to stop watching this because this is this is all so yeah so yeah really really enjoyed it uh, as much as it was uh awful to watch in that lab because <laughs> they were doing some experiments bro not that yeah. no joke there uh yeah pretty gruesome um so we get a, a cool fight between uh, Peacemaker and Rick Flag, but um, I gotta say mm. I was pretty shocked that they actually offed Flag. I mean, you know, I know we're watching the Suicide Squad; people are yeah. gonna, you know, meet their end. But um, I didn't think that they would do it with him. Uh, did that yeah. catch you guys off guard like it did with me? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I was going to say it did surprise me, I guess, because, you know, this is the second time we're seeing, you know, Rick Flag. It almost could have been like, hey, he could be the, for lack of a better word, the flagship character that just shows up on all these missions. Um, but I feel like Joel Kinnaman's are a dime a dozen in Hollywood, and I wouldn't be surprised if there is a Rick Flag similar to like what we were talking about with like Bloodsport and um, – what's his face will smith's character what was a dead shot right or yeah. dead shot and like peacemaker i won't be surprised if there's a rick flag s character who like kind of takes you know the lead and it's another you know guy you know that guy or you know maybe even a bigger star leave joel kinnaman alone he was in robocop 
<laughs> yeah, it was great. Remember, you, you remember all the money that new RoboCop made? Wow, yeah. blew away the box yeah. office. Everybody talks about it. It's in current um, conversation every day. <laughs> I honestly thought between like Flag and I thought there was going to be like some like with with Harley's like kind of little monologue about her men like that she like kind of picks and all and like mm. her relationship with Flag. I really thought there was going to be like some kind of like I it, I don't want to say it's hinted at, but there's like romantic chemistry somewhere between them. Um, whether or not it's just like friendship or I, I don't know, like, or just like some kind of like respect. But I think like the fact that like, like, I think Harley, everyone from Harley's previous Suicide Squad is dead now. And I think like, Thank I think she was actually like, I, I think that would, would have been cool to see her kind of have a little more reaction to like Flag's death. But Harry's right. I mean, they're eventually going to get someone to replace them and it's going to be the same. It's going to be a running joke with these movies, whereas, you know, they just bring in whoever's hot at the time and i i'm you know career-wise and um you think joel kinnaman's career is hot right now <laughs> no i didn't mean it like that but i meant like no i, I just meant like kind of like now they're like they're gonna realize if they no, make I a second you. one I I, yeah first of all joel leave leave him alone he's not a Maybe bad we'll actor. get rick flagged too he's not a bad i hope he's not a bad actor i can't wait till chris starts following joel kinnaman on twitter and retweet him just to just, troll you know, me. follow me on my joel kinnaman podcast <laughs> nice uh so we got a freaking kaiju up in here Starro, uh, the big yeah. reveal seeing him in all his glory uh what mm. did you think i i, I like the design it was you know pretty yeah. true to the comics it was equal parts interesting looking and terrifying um seeing a giant starfish squirting out many starfish <laughs> and destroying buildings uh yeah i don't know um i i really enjoyed it uh and i i liked that it was true to the comics uh hands how did you feel about starro i thought it was really stupid when they announced it that it was going to be a giant starfish um <laughs> this was before my fear of them um <laughs> it just they're harmless like yeah but like uh, how dumb is that? And like, and I think they like showed some of it like in the trailer where I'm like, it's a starfish. Like, this is so stupid. But I think like Gunn was saying, like, if it was J- if it was Gunn or someone in an interview, if he was talking about Starro or someone else, he was like, he basically Googled the worst DC villain or some of the worst oh. DC villains and came up with that's why he picked it, is because it's so like it's not a big name and it's literally the easiest thing to understand. Like it's a Kaiju starfish like that. that that's it. Um, I thought the design of it was really cool. Um, it's very different than like any kind of villain that would like whatever, whoever the villain in the first suicide squad was, because that movie mm. was pretty much at, at, at night the whole time. I thought it brought a lot of like color to like this, this 100%. kind of like the, I guess the tone of the movie um i think the way they fought it was pretty cool i think the whole like last battle with it was 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 really neat um but you know i it, it like harriet said it's very watchman from like the comics because or even from the tv show because um you know the villain the big villain in that is a giant squid so um i i thought it was dumb i still think it is kind of dumb but it was used so well, like it was, it was, it was done correctly. Like I didn't, I didn't, th- I didn't yeah. w- end the movie and say that was like that was a stupid idea. Like I thought it was a great idea for this this type of this type of tone of a movie. To be fair, this was the villain that brought the Justice League together. It was the main villain for Justice League number one. So yeah. it's not like it is the stupidest or most obscure villain. I mean, Star is pretty uh, 
pretty kick butt. Harry, what I do mean, you think about Starro? Yeah, but you're looking no. at like a villain that like if you if if I walk well for my, a lot of people are like retired in my neighborhood, so they probably don't know like read comics. <laughs> if I go like to the mall or something and I'm like and I'm like serve like surveying like a hundred people, I'm like, hey, do you know who Starro is? No one's gonna know that fact, yeah. <laughs> except if we see like Tim wandering around Barnes and Noble. <laughs> It usually is. You could probably accurate. <laughs> accurate. Um, well, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, that's kind of part of the genius that like Marvel does. Like Marvel picks characters that aren't, you know, a list or S tier and, you know, puts them in the position to be successful. So, I mean, kudos to DC for doing that. I mean, you know, like Greg mentioned, I mean, I don't read the comics, but, um, you know, fighting the Justice League is no joke. It, it could take up to, you know, four hours. Um, so... <laughs> But like I felt Starro, like sometimes I feel like in these in these movies, in these superhero movies, sometimes they can shy away from a big villain like this that involves, you know, a ton of CGI and a ton of visual effects. And in, I felt like it was a really kudos to them for taking the time to make sure it looked good. Um, you know, I did see it in, in, in the movie theater in IMAX. It looked good. You know, I didn't have any concerns. I was like, oh, that looks a bit, you know, I mean, you know, obviously it's fake, but it's like, you know, sometimes there's bad fake and there's, there's good uh, fake. So, um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, again, as Chris mentioned, I mean, I'm always big about this, the color of the movie, you know, one of my biggest problems with the DC universe is how dark it is all the time. Um, you know, which, I mean, listen, when you're doing Batman, sure. Make it dark. If you're doing, you know, Superman though, like Superman's a pretty, you know, colors stand out. There's a reason why they work, you know, and they've worked for years. Um, and the same thing with Starro, love the color design, love the fact that, you know, we were fighting in a non, you know, descriptive Eastern European city that, you know, is grayed out and, you know, dull, you know, similar to, you know, I guess, well, you know, when you think about, you know, Marvel and civil war, when they, when they had the airport fighting scene, it's like pretty gray and pretty, you know, the only colors that pop are the characters fighting. So, um, yeah, really dug the Starro, uh, the Starro final battle scene. And dude, I literally was like shuddering when like Harley dives in with the javelin <laughs> through the eye as the rats are crawling through. I was like, everything about it was just gross to me. I was like thinking about it. I'm like, you're in this aliens like I goo. And like, you're just swimming around in there. There's these rats gnawing everywhere. And I was just like, this is absolutely gross. Um, <laughs> But I had was- to rewind there because I was like, oh, I thought man. she was like in like in like her her like little mind zone, I guess, or whatever. Like oh, she was yeah, like yeah. imagining it because I, I think I looked away as she went into the eye uh-huh. and then I came back and she was like, I'm like, the hell just happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if it's like fear of like poking your own eye every once in a while. But when she just like went through it, I was like, oh, my goodness. She went right through like, oh, yeah, yeah. She did. like, like hot butter, <laughs> hot butter. <laughs> um. So one thing I thought was a little overdone and this kind of ties into the Starro battle is uh, the polka dot moms, uh, y- you know, vision uh, gag. Mm. I, you know, where every time he looks at enemies, he sees his mom and she's all of a sudden he's Look, envisioning it's your mom Starro. Yeah, exactly. And then you see, her mom or his mom uh, just, you know, tearing down the city. Um, was it funny? Sure. But did they, did they do it too much? I think maybe one time no. too many. Yeah. No, you guys are wrong. I I know. I agree. Oh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Greg. Justin but, for Polka Dot's mom. You know what it like? <laughs> was her name the, Karen? I feel like her name might have been Karen. I think it was actually. <laughs> 
Um, I it was it reminded me of like the Water Boy, and when like Adam Sandler would always see like like I guess like an enemy, and that's how he like basically mm. like would charge at someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was. I don't know necessarily. Like I think they do it like three or four times in the movie, which is not. Yeah. It's not necessary. Uh, I think 100%. if you did it like maybe one, and then at the end when it's a big star out, like I thought that would have been, that would have been pretty cool. Like just a, a good twice. But other than that, they did. I think they did like four different times, which I yeah I agree. Like it was it was a little overused. Mm-hmm. Funny uh, but overused. So I did see this movie with Tim and when uh, when they show her at some point, I think it's when she's, you know, knocking the building down. We, we had a really big chuckle. Um, <laughs> I would have traded probably one or two of those in like where it shows him like looking at everybody as his mom for a backstory about that. Like, I, I get it that, like, he mentions it and, like, we're... But, like, I would have appreciated a backstory with, like, a flashback to her. Like, a quick, like, 10-minute... Like, or not 10-minute, 10-second, 10 like, she's yelling at him about this, this, and this. And then, like, we see her and then the, the final one. So, I would have traded okay. that in for it to have some more understanding about the toxic relationship. But um, I thought it was hilarious every time. I gotta be honest. So, then you do agree that it was overdone because you would trade in some no, of those No, I'm just saying, if, like, if we're workshopping this, if I'm meeting you guys halfway, which you guys never do for me, it's fine. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, 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 you know, trying to build that bridge, uh, here, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but otherwise, I thought every time it came on screen, I laughed, I chuckled, I thought it was funny. It was a great moment. Okay. And to, to, to go backwards on what I said when Gunn said he found he was looking for the stupidest, like, super whatever villain. It wasn't. It wasn't Starro. He was talking about Polka Dot Man. He said he was looking uh, for like the stupidest character he could possibly think of, and that's why gotcha. he included him in there. So okay, it just that popped in sense. my head. Yeah, justice for Starro. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, another thing that I didn't really care for in this movie was the revolution subplot. Um, I think that mm. that just kind of was a waste of time and bloated the movie a little bit. Um, I I don't know. It's just could you have found a way to do all of the Starro stuff without having the revolution subplot? Probably. Uh, I, I'm not a Hollywood writer, but I assume there's yeah. a workaround to that. Did you guys care at all for any of that? Um, it, it, the revolution existed for one of my favorite parts in the movie was when they're going through the camp and just like eliminating them <laughs> one by one. And I thought, and yeah. that's like such a great thing that this movie does is kind of just like, there's a lot of like like misdirection, and this is one of my favorite parts because you're like, wow, they're like just cleaning out a camp and you and using these soldiers to like one up each other each time, and then you find out like flags just sitting in the building drinking tea, and yeah. I think it's one of like the oh funniest those are the good guys, yeah. And she what did she say? She's like, why didn't my men alert you? My people oh, we, alert did, you. we didn't see like, anybody. Oh, we, we didn't, there, we didn't oh, see what, anybody. What? <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that was one of the best parts, but I but I honestly forgot they were even in the movie until you just reminded me other than that part. I thought that was kind of just the only scene I, and now I'm, and I'm remembering some scenes where they did, like they were st- storming Jotunheim and then it, like, they kind of, there was the driver Milton that was helping them out and you got the I, whole Harley I, uh, portion. Yeah. yeah like I, I kind of like saw a lot of it, like it was very forgettable. I mean, I finished watching the movie yesterday and, and, and if you didn't mention that rebel, other than that camp part, I would have forgot that they were even in there. Mm-hmm. so yeah 
Huh. Yeah, for me, for me, it feels like a, a side quest in a video game when like you defeat like the devil or like the the largest villain ever, and it's like, oh yeah, and we also were able to overthrow you know the government, so there'll never be experiments here again or whatever. And it's like, okay, like I, that wasn't the purpose of of the game. So yeah, I mean, it does get a little bit forgotten in a way, you know, as Chris mentioned. Um, but you know, I mean, it connects kind of how Flag regroups with the team. It connects the whole Harley you know subplot it connects the whole like oh how do we get the general out of there so they could but yeah i hear what you're saying greg it definitely is something where it's like what like do we need that could we've shaved some time with that you know or could we done something different um you know for it but yeah look man i'm getting older just give me a solid 90 minutes oh jesus yeah (laughs) (laughs) or like 105 but i don't need to go the full you know 120 135 that's too much (laughs) and i mean i think that's uh, for me that's where like i have a little bit of a problem with the movie where it's like you probably could have cut out like if you just remove harley from the movie and maybe put somebody else like in the place like i'm not saying that's like a good idea but like if you just do that and remove her like kind of sub like uh extra scenes like you probably shave a good 20 25 minutes off of it uh with it so but yeah Yeah, like i don't think you need it like the bar scene like i think you could have done something a little more like that could have kind of got got yeah he's coming out of his home you grab him then yada yada that's fine yeah you could have worked it out some other way but i yeah i i we this is i feel like a common thing that we always agree about is that like movies can shave off 10 15 minutes and i'm i'm with you greg like i'm old man i can't (laughs) i can't dedicate my time to uh to a whole what movie was i like can watch all right yeah about that yeah that's yeah. too long that's too long but i can watch a whole season of ted lasso in like one day yeah yes. and that's <laughs> that's like 35 minutes an episode <laughs> um Hilarious. while they're getting whacked uh so i was kind of surprised that uh her um you know back office personnel had a mini uprising and whacked her with the uh golf mm. club now I put where do we go for from here in our notes because Waller is the ultimate person in control at all times and she just had a couple of computer nerds stand up to her and mm. uh, take her down and it's like now that that mystique has kind of gone away uh, so I get that she banished a couple of them in the post credit scene to to you know go and be with with. a peacemaker yeah deal and that's like a punishment i guess but Mm -hmm. um i just it's like you know now that we've seen uh the mythical beast can be taken down she's she's kind of lost some of that mystique or that that feeling Mm -hmm. of power and control that's at least my take on it i mean did you guys have any qualms with them taking her down the way that they did i i did i did only because like i don't between like the first Suicide Squad and this one, like I never, I never really could like explain to someone and say like, is she, is she like good or is she bad? Like she has good intentions, but it's just like she like has no, no regard for like human life, and it's just like she's, as long she's as, basically like, like peacemaker. Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like as long as the mission gets done, mm-hmm. and uh, like I, I always, I, I always imagined her as being like kind of like more of a villain than than a hero like i mean she does put these teams together but i mean you're supposed to you're supposed to root for these characters like the new like the suicide squad as the movie's going on and she's just basically like threatening them and you know loses her mind when they go to fight starro 
And I and I think like yeah, like it loses that mystique now because you're like, all right, well, she's like, what happens after that? Like, 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 what do people think of her? Like, who is she? Like, who is she working for? And like, did she like, did they go to the, her boss and say, you know, this is what's happening? Blah blah blah. Like, they're like, I think the character. I, I don't think if they do a sequel, I don't know if they'll include her in it, or if she'll be more of like a, a centralized villain. I don't know, but. You know, it, it's. I think. I think if they make another one, then she'll end up like doing like a. I don't want to say a villain version of Task Force X because they're all villains, but um, you know, like I don't know how I to like, a, like an like, anti yeah, version, of an anti Suicide Squad, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so. <laughs> the Life Squad. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how to like what to call that. Like, oh, like a bad a Suicide Squad filled of bad people, and I'm like, oh, that's the point of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Hair, what do you think or, or feel about Amanda Waller and you know, you know I mean what, what happens? Yeah, the the Waller thing, like I only know her from the movie. I'm not familiar with her in the comics, but obviously from the first movie you get the interpretation that she's like, This is her show, you're running by her rules or you're not doing it at all. Um, and it was a little bit, I mean, if you want to talk about a flaw in the film, like I that probably was for me where it's like she just could have killed them, you know, or you know, and it's just like, oh, how do we stop it? And it's like, well, just have somebody knock her out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe like you're saying, like, who knows? Chris was saying, sorry, that, you know, hey, we'll see what happens with the future movies. But um, I thought that was that did stand out a little bit as like kind of an odd, you know, kind of plot twist where it's like, oh, they can just knock her out. And like there's no repercussions, but then there's repercussions. But it's like now you just got to deal with like handicapped John Cena, who will probably be fine by the time this TV show rolls around. Um but it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not under, you know, I'm not, you're kind of breaking down a character where it's like she's unbreakable, you know, in two movies, Bloodsport and uh, Deadshot, like threatened to kill her or like or inches away from killing her. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden, like she can get, you know, just but I guess maybe that's the thing. It's like nobody ever would have thought that anybody would stand up to her. So but again, mm-hmm. I think if they add some more, you know uh relevant i guess i would say for me actors or actresses to to the team it would make it probably a little bit more sense maybe some challenging there so and then uh my last note here before we move on to the highlights and lowlights is um peacemaker uh you know Mm. we get the post-credit scene we see he survives uh personally yeah i know personally i'm looking forward to the show um I think that Cena did an admirable job in this. Uh, the character is intriguing enough where, you know, we could kind of see him and his exploits. I'm interested in seeing those. Uh, what do you guys think? Are you interested at all in the Peacemaker show or is that enough Cena for you? Have you seen enough? Uh, um, I, I honestly forgot they were doing a Peacemaker TV show until I think when I watched the post credit scene, I'm like, why is he alive? And I'm like, and I'm assuming that the peace credit, the peace credits, the peacemaker character, like the show is going to take place after the suicide squad. That's my understanding. So then I was like, all right, that's why they're bringing him back. Um, I'm all for it. I think he's a great character. I think Cena is great in this type of role. Like, as I said earlier, um, I'm, I'm, he, he really like, you, you could tell he had a lot of fun doing the character. I think that, and especially like a lot of um, press that he was doing and like, and some of like the red carpets, he was wearing the peacemaker outfit because he didn't want, like he, he told people, he's like, I'm not taking it off. Like I'm not giving it back, which I think is really cool. Um, but 
I, to see where he goes, like, does he is he basically going to be part of Task Force X? Like, is he just doing his own thing? Like, what it, I I I hope it's not going to be like him chasing down someone new every every week. I hope there's like a story involved with it because I think those kind of those shows kind of go like there's too many of them. So I think there should be like a a solid story that leads into possibly another Suicide Squad. Um, so we'll see, but I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I was not looking forward to it, but Cena really sold me on the character. So I'm, I'm just excited to see more of him Hair. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I really, as, as Chris was saying, I really loved John Cena's character in this. Um, and I think this, like we talked, we touched on a little bit earlier. I think the whole fast and furious john cena is not what he needs to be doing he needs to be doing things like this where he can kind of play around a little bit have some seriousness have some funny moments you know and kind of go from there uh in regards to it so yeah he was a big standout he was also he was also in a movie blockers uh where he played like a dad um and he was really funny in that where like he kind of plays the opposite of his role in a way and like peacemaker like if you're thinking about the person like, you know, and this is like John Cena, like big tough guy, like, you know, he handles his business for peace, but like, there's a little bit of stupidity in like his character where, you know, even when he fights with flag and there's that thing, it's like, you know, peace, you know, peacemaker. I think I keep calling him peacekeeper. I don't know why if I'd done that, Um, but peacemaker. And he's like, what a joke, you know? And it's like, yeah, you're kind of right about it. So, you know, and with the back and forth he has with Idris Elba in the movie, I think is really good. And, you know, like I would love to see him do more roles similar to this. It doesn't have to be, but like definitely lean into your comedy element, John Cena, because like that, that works for you. Um, so, yeah, would definitely, you know, the, the show, I mean, I, you know, the Marvel shows have done well, I guess, if we're looking at like a, a borderline, like how does this work? I wasn't a fan of a lot of the Netflix shows. So if it's like that, like Daredevil, where it's like filmed in one warehouse and you just move from room to room and shoot scenes and you know, shoot some fake outside scenes, then I'm not going to be into it. But if they put some money behind it. You know, maybe it's like a short kind of three, four episode, well, maybe like a six episode arc, um, you know, add another big, you know, player for him to kind of bounce off of. I would, uh, I would definitely be in on that. Very good. And uh, actually, fun, fun fact about the Peacemaker and Greg, I don't know if you could back this up, but apparently the comedian from Watchmen mm-hmm. is, was influenced by the Peacemaker. Huh. Um, so that's why he says like that line when he says, what a joke, that's like basically something right out of Watchmen. And mm-hmm. I, that's like when I was doing a lot of like research afterwards, like I came across that and I'm like, that's actually like really cool. Cause like Watchmen's my, probably my favorite superhero movie. And to see like how they influence that is, is like, is like really cool. Cause you see a lot of like, you know, the comedian from the Watchmen is not the same as the peace peacemaker, but like there are like you see some kind of similarities between them um mm-hmm. so i think that's 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 where they got that whole um the his character i believe it was the comedian was influenced by the peacemakers i think peacemaker came first that's cool so, i had no idea about that but yeah. that adds a little bit of context there yeah. it's good stuff yeah. so, so chris you prefer watchman movie over the watchman show um don't make me make that decision okay <laughs> um Next no, uh, yeah, in we'll, two we'll, weeks, you know. Chris will decide. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. Don't you can't put. They're two different all right, entities. All right, okay. all right, I'm just saying. All right, all right well, let's move on. Put you on the uh, spot. 
some Thank highlights you. here. Uh, Hair, why don't you kick it off and then we'll alternate? Yeah. So, um, I mean, listen, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but I just loved Idris Elba in this movie. Um, really enjoyed him in, in Hobbs and Shaw as well as kind of playing this. I mean, it's a different role, but he like I just love his energy that he brings. I, I love the costume for uh, for Bloodsport. I thought that was really cool. It, it kind of didn't always seem like Idris Elba was the one in the costume every time because um, I picture Idris Elba as a big, tall, strapping, beautiful gentleman. Um, but, uh, you know, I loved his energy. You know, the scene with his daughter right off the bat where it's kind of like you can tell he's not the perfect guy. Um, you know, and, you know, typical hero arc there where he kind of redeems himself at the end. Uh, but really just loved his chemistry, as I mentioned earlier with John Cena. Um, he was he was definitely, you know, the highlight for me coming out of the movie where it's like if you're doing Suicide Squad 2, if you're doing Suicide Squad Returns, if you're doing Suicide Squad Empire Strikes Back, like he needs to be cast in the movie, um, you know, give him whatever he wants. But I think like that for me, like to be on board with the next one, like he's got to be a part of it. Can you uh, see Idris and Will coexisting in a movie? Or would you want to see it? Listen, (laughs) listen, I hinted at it earlier. I hinted at it earlier. Will Smith is a snake and a coward. He was not going to be in this movie. He can he can say all he wants about he wanted to return in the role. That's just what you say when like, hey, listen, I can't come to your party. Um, sorry. Like I would love to, but I have, I have this other party event that I have to go to. No, you're just being nice. Like he's, he's, he was going to be cast in, in Django and then Jamie Foxx took it because Will Smith decided it was too, you know, he didn't want to do it or whatever it is. Like now, listen, do I think he's a good actor? Yes, absolutely. But when it comes to like challenging himself and it's like, like that's where he has the problems. He's like every role you watch him in, it's like, oh, look, Will Smith as, you know, in Pursuit of Happiness. Will Smith is, I even forget the guy's name, but it's like, oh, yeah, look, it, you're basically watching Will Smith. I think we might have talked about it on another episode, but it's like, yeah, I don't think if he's not in the universe again, that's fine with me. If he wants to, you know, hide and, and go away, that's fine. Wow. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry, ran over. Sorry, man, you went in a coward. <laughs> you went really off the rails. Listen, that. just just challenge <laughs> yourself, Will Smith. Sure, you like. I'm I'm very excited for his upcoming movie. I think where he plays uh, the Williams sisters. You know, for those who aren't familiar in tennis, he plays their dad. Definitely, probably going to be up for you know Oscar contention in there, and he definitely does good in those roles. But like, like challenge it a little bit, Will. I was really excited. Like part of the reason I saw the first Suicide Squad because I was like, wow, look at Will Smith. He's doing something that he's challenging himself. You know, I would just like to say, Mr. Smith, I am a fan, and if you want to come on the show and debate (laughs) Harry, by all means. Listen, you can absolutely come on the show and debate. With us. Yeah, rep but, that um, Philadelphia hometown, baby. Listen, listen, I love bad boys. You know, I think we've talked about Independence Day. Like, I love Will Smith as like when I'm, but like that's what I'm watching. I'm watching Will Smith be, you know, Mike Lowry or Mike Lowry or like whoever. Like, it's just he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of range to me. He doesn't have a lot mm-hmm. of range. So you don't want to mix it up with Idris. I mean, listen, if he wants to, that'll be a dope movie and I'll definitely go see it. And I'm would be, well, very that was excited. my question in the first place. And you're like, but no, listen, because like, I feel like if you're saying Will Smith is coming back, Idris isn't going to be a part of it. Like, I feel like, no, I, I I'm saying like a movie with both of them coexisting. Uh, yeah, I, I would watch it, but like Idris is my guy. So ride, ride for Idris. Well, that's fine. He's there. He's at the party. They both are. 
Are we are yes. we talking about like another Suicide Squad with their yeah. characters, or just another yeah. movie with them? No, in it? no. Let's say all it's right. another all Suicide right. Squad, and they have Bloodsport and Deadshot. Yeah, I'm all for that. I think that wouldn't happen, but if you're putting, I don't it in think the it universe, will either. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll see it. You convinced okay. me. I'll okay. swipe Man, my card. That, I never knew you felt that way about Will Smith. <laughs> I know. Dude, Head look at his off. Career, like, listen, listen, look at his. I career. just did. I looked at yeah. his like I skimmed through IMDb. Yeah, it's not that tell bad. me when he's challenged himself. Yeah, it, it's a solid IMDb, but he doesn't Good challenge movie. himself. I think he does. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. He went from West Philadelphia, born and raised. To fight oh, aliens and men in black? No, I'm talking about the movie. No. Oh, the what? Yeah, he wasn't Denzel. in Denzel. That was Denzel, Denzel. And Tom Hanks. No, 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 no. Is he ever what rolling? I, I mean, I... what? <laughs> what movie like, am I thinking of? Like early 90s movie? All right. Well, while you yeah. do that research, I'll listen. While you do that right, research, about yeah, sure. Are you I'll thinking about the opening else. credits of Fresh Prince? No, shut up. I mean, he does come from Philadelphia, so that makes yeah. sense. Um, we talked a lot about Ratcatcher Rat 2. Really enjoyed that character. Talked about Peacemaker. Um, definitely really enjoyed the Milton joke. I don't know if you guys remember it, but like Harley forgets that Milton's with him. And it's funny to me because I was like, that's part like where it kind of dives into the movie where like you're in it yourself and you're like, why is this guy still with them? And, you know, it really pays off there with that scene um, for it. And then uh, I kind of enjoyed the Javelin joke. Um, you know, where Harley gets handed the javelin and she's like, dude, what am I doing with this? And then it circles back and then she's like, I know what I have to do. Um, so I, Chris, what did you think about that? Did you enjoy those two kind of comedic? Yeah. Um, I, I thought the Milton thing, I, I actually probably the way you like Greg reacted when, um, what's his name? Uh, Peacemaker was slamming. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name His head through the, I think the thinker. I like the thinker. I was cracking up when I saw Milton run into the building with them. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like what? Like he has no powers. And then the fact that he gets shot and the only one that really cares about him is Polka Dot Man. Yeah. And he's just like, he was Milton. And they're like, what's his he name? He was I with think us like, the whole time. Because Harley's like, I, what's Harley yeah. say? She's like, if we had a guy named Milton, I would know. I would know. <laughs> and then like, and then um, what's his name? Bloodsport's like, wait, he was still with us? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, well, I, I it's thought funny that... at the end. I don't know if you catch it, but like Harley turns to Bloodsport and she's like, "It's been great work, like great job, Milton." And he's like, oh, yeah. "Not my name." <laughs> yeah, so, I thought that was a, a really funny touch yeah. to the situation because it's like I thought the same thing where I'm like, when they killed him, I'm like, why was he there? Yeah. <laughs> so all right, so Greg, what what do you got for us? What movie did you forget? Uh, Six Degrees of Separation. Oh yeah, that was like the but see what was that like ninety two or something? Oh, I didn't yeah, see that. Like I never heard of that. Yeah, so like that was like the lit. Like you're pulling a movie out from '93, and after that, <laughs> I'm just this- saying. Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> so that was like the last time. And if you if you like, um, and I I thought Pursuit of Happiness. He stretched himself. That's too. a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say he stretched himself. You like, I can't even remember the guy's name from Pursuit of Happiness. I just know Chris Will Gardner. Smith. There you go. Okay. Well, that's because you probably watch it a hundred times. You're weird with movies like that. <laughs> Get into them and it's like, Chris, how many times have you seen this movie? You're like 105. And it's yeah. like, he remembers every moment of it. So kudos Close. to you. You know Close. what? Maybe, maybe it's on me then. Maybe, maybe you are right. Maybe the role is more memorable than I give it credit for, but I, but I'm going to die on that Hill. So it's fine. You call me the next time you see Will Smith taking a chance. All right. Yeah. We're going to be waiting a long time for that call. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, who, right, uh, no, what was the other? And oh, and then the um, the javelins. Yeah, no, the javelin one was funny too. Um, I forgot all about the javelin through most of the movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah it reappears at the, at the end. It, it shows back up, and I'm like, oh yeah, that was that was a cool. Uh, yeah cool throwback um i'm with you with like one of my highlights in this movie was idris elba um i'm not i i I, we've gone back and forth just as a joke like i'm not a huge like idris fan i i am like i i everything i've seen him in he just like knocks down the park and he does these roles even dark tower (laughs) you know what i think and i think dark tower is such a horrible movie it's such a bad movie but i am i and i'll die on this hill the casting in that movie of the two leads was phenomenal. Yes. Matthew McConaughey was a great um, man in black. Idris Elba was a good a good gunslinger. Yeah, Everything else about that movie wasn't those two for sure. No, it was trying to jam seven books into an hour and a half movie. Uh, um, <laughs> Should have just done um, a miniseries or a Netflix, HBO, like. Well, apparently Amazon was going to do one, but they decided not yeah, to. Well, um, whatever. <laughs> um, Doing a lot of good but yeah, but go, going back to Idris, like. I always forget, like, whenever I read, like, I haven't rewatched in a while, but like The Office, he shows up for a couple episodes. He's like phenomenal in that. He has a great, he has a great, like, uh, he has now, we'll go from Will Smith. He has a ton of range where he does like these action movies. He does, um, what did I watch in the past couple weeks? Molly's Game with him in it. He's great in that. Mm. He's going to be Knuckles in Sonic 2, which is, which is phenomenal. (laughs) I don't know how that's going to (laughs) work. I have no idea, but it's, it's, he's going to make it work. Like, I'm, I'm excited to watch the first Sonic now um but i yeah he was he was definitely like he just he has a, a layer of like comedic timing that like for someone from past roles that he's done in terms of and i'm not talking about like hobbs and shaw like he does have like a more serious resume i think than than kind of action adventure and like these fun roles like he has like excellent comedic timing and yeah. um and i think the way like people love working with him i think a lot of people were saying like they joined up on the movie just so they could work with him which says a lot like nowadays which it, with in terms of like wanting to work with actors um there's a solid yeah. series that he's on too called luther which um, i yeah I, I think it was on netflix i don't know if it still is but it's it's really solid and a lot of idris in that so yeah no i'm, I'm definitely going to go back and check out like i haven't seen beast of no nation um, I think there was a couple other things I missed from him that like, I think he, yeah. I think he would make a phenomenal bond. Um, I don't know. Like yeah, depending on how the short list. Yeah. If they'll go if that you way. Guys, if you guys haven't seen the mountain between us with him and um, Kate Winslet, that was a f- fantastic movie as well. Is that yeah, what like that they were on, good. in like a plane crash and they're like surviving yeah. on a mountain together. Yep. I heard they were really good and I heard their chemistry was good, but I heard the movie was a little bit more. Yeah, like I love I his char- his his chemistry with um. Papa with says it's Margaret a, it's Robbie. A I'll check it out. Um, yeah. it's interesting. Like I said, I'm gonna go back. I watch everything interest. Um, I think um like another one like Ratcatcher Two was a highlight of mine. Like we talked about her earlier, like yeah. being the heart of the movie. Um, I love the fact that they they um put what's his name um Taika Waititi in it again yeah. for like 20 seconds, but it was it was phenomenal. Um. Letting letting Marvel know that uh hey I could uh, I could switch sides at any point here so uh, I'm, I'm actually check big keep me happy I've, yeah I for my 99 Twitter followers I've actually like <laughs> put this out where I said like my biggest fear at this point is like Kevin Feige going over to DC and I think that, and I'm and I'm not kidding I think like after Guardians three um uh, James hey, it's Gunn's always gonna, a bargaining chip Gunn's gonna leave Marvel and go to DC and like do the suit like I think I could see him doing a um. 
like a uh, like taking over the reins of like the Justice League and all, which I'm after like the Suicide Squad. And if he does a sequel, and it's just as well. Like I'm all for like mm. I just you know I, I that keeps me up at night now with Starfish. Um, I think that um, I, I think like Gunn's script it was phenomenal. Like I I, I think that was like kind of. Mm. If he wasn't writing this, like it, it was a very gun movie, like and his dialogue, his like time, like I think like some of the flashbacks going like, excuse me, like eight minutes ago, three days ago, like I thought, yeah. like his style was definitely there. Um, I don't some think this stuff was hard to read. I got to be honest. Look at, like, I, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I I will say like looking at some of the other directors that they had in mind, um, I this would not have worked. Um, like I think Mel Gibson was at one point attached to do it, which I. Like that's in my mind. Like, would I want to see it? No, probably. Mel's time in Hollywood has come and gone. <laughs> yeah, like, would I want to see it? Like, I'll watch clips. It's a shame it's for the probably Patriot. gonna be a train wreck. But yeah, um, but I, uh, but like, I, I think this like gun needed to do this movie for it to be successful. Like, I can't really think of another director that could have tackled this and mm-hmm. and made it as like as enjoyable as it was. So, I think um, Steven Steven Spielberg would have had a would have had a good say in it. Uh, I think. Yes. <laughs> the master. master. The master. I'm busting dude. Chris's chops. I'm busting chops. Dude, if Spielberg oh, ever directed a DC movie, like, I, that would be the Same game. most amazing thing ever. <laughs> yeah. That, that would make like $2 billion opening weekend. Yeah. Um, what's, what's Cameron up to? Does he want to he do a Superman movie? He's making six. Well, both of those guys have. Pr- both of those guys have predicted the doom of uh, the superhero genre. So I yeah, think they're yeah. out on superhero movies. I think so too. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cameron's making 48 next Avatar movies that. <laughs> Dude, you can keep making them. If they look anything like the way they look in the way I felt in 29, what was it? 2009? 2009. 2009. Well, it felt like, yeah. It felt, it felt it was like the, a ch- 12 game years changer. ago. That's what it was. It was a game changer. And it was. If they make another ride like that ride, like absolutely, Ooh. I'm 100% in, baby. Let's I'm do it. In. I just don't want to wait until I'm 50 to see the next sequel. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Um, Harry, what other highlights do you have? Uh, you know what? I, well, I just pictured Greg as, uh, you know, the meme where the, where the grandma's kind of being moved along. I picture, <laughs> yeah, I picture yes. his daughter, Aria, being like, sure, that movie came out in 2009, Dad. Okay. <laughs> Like um, I, I, I'm like I, I'm convinced that these movies are not gonna like ever be released. Uh, like at least the second one does. The second one's in post production. We're not gonna get a. They three, gotta get four, them out five. for the out of the ocean after filming them. Filming them. Yeah. Uh, that's the mm-hmm. problem. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't really have any other highlights. Just some, you know, uh, touch base a little bit more. Well, one highlight I just wanted to touch base on really quick was I again I loved how bright and fun the movie was. Um, scored it four out of five stars on my letterbox. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed it more. I think we've talked a couple movies lately. Really enjoyed it more than Black Widow. Obviously, more than Fast and the Furious. Um, so it was definitely, definitely on the higher end. And I mean, you know, in the you know, if we want to talk DC Universe, you know, definitely one of probably jumps into the easy top five. You know, for you know DC movies, maybe even top three. Um, you know, don't want to you know throw that to you guys uh, to see what your thoughts are, but. Um, but yeah, um, and then the only other low light I think I had was, um, yeah, I mean, I know you mentioned it earlier, Chris, and I'm not challenging you on it, but I, I didn't really love the Decoy Squad as much. I wish they would have taken some of the characters who they cast for Decoy Squad 
put him in the operations room and kind of mix it up a little bit with how important these heroes were. So I guess in that element, you don't really have the big bang of like Pete Davidson getting his face shot, shot off, um, you know, or, you know, some of the other things, but I think it would have been better to have some of those actors kind of still be in the universe to kind of continue. But then you get into, Hey, I'm paying Pete Davidson, you know, a bunch of money to sit in a room for two days and shoot his scenes, uh, you know, with, yeah, that's all. So that's all. That's all I got for it. I, I think that why I like the decoy squad so much is because like, I think in the marketing, like I expected weasel to be in this whole movie. Like right. I, and yeah. I, I think it was a great idea. Like to basically, like, I think it shows how like basically maniacal Waller is to say like, well, yeah. I'm going to a free up what eight cells in my prison. And I'm also going to like, just cause a distraction for my main players. Um, yeah. So I think the fact that I think I only liked it so much is because like I thought they were going to like basically like consider this like a failed mission and then go back and be like, yeah. hey, we sent eight of our I don't want to say best, but like eight of our like people in and they didn't do it. Um, the fact that they were used as basically just like on another side of the island, like it just comes out of the water. Um, I think it was like yeah. really I think it was it was pretty yeah. cool. I think that was the what I like most about it. Yeah. But. My only problem with it is like the way my wife felt about it, where it's like if you have Pete Davidson in the, in a movie and it's like, oh, my God, Pete Davidson, I love him. And it's like you're probably pissed oh. or checking out at that point. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, uh, you're going to say something. To, to oh, be yeah. honest, I, w- I wasn't going to knock down the doors for a, a Pete Davidson. Um, I, I, I haven't seen him in anything else How other than like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> OK, um, I do want to see King of Staten Island. Um, but good. other than but uh, but other than that, yeah. like I'm not I'm not. His I biggest wasn't gonna... movie to date you haven't seen, but you're you're not all about him. <laughs> was that like his only movie to date? Like I'm not I'm I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna pay IMAX money to go and watch Pete Davidson on screen more than ten minutes. To be honest, I mean if I if I now I mean I didn't know he would have died ten minutes into the movie, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, I just no, he's all right. Okay, uh, a couple thoughts. Um, number one, I was just thinking. A character I wish they would have brought back was Ike Barinholtz's character from the first Suicide Squad, where mm-hmm. he was like the corrupt guard. Uh, yeah. He was pretty funny in that role, and I always like enjoying, or I always enjoy seeing him on screen. So I think uh, he could have had a nice little cameo somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, what I rate the movie, my my final thoughts, and you know, my wife actually. Uh, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I would put this in top three DC movies for sure. Um, Wonder Woman is definitely number one for me. I don't know Mm -hmm. what would be two and three, but, but this is in that conversation. Um, And I'd probably give it like an eight, 8.5 out of 10, somewhere in there. Uh, Yeah. So high praise for sure. And uh, this is how, you can tell it was really good because my wife liked it. So after we watched it, um, which she laughed all the way through, she had, she winced at a lot of the, um, the gore because yeah. it is a very graphic movie. Yeah, it earns it that good, R for sure. R for sure. Um, but she laughed all the way through and, uh, afterwards she's like, I, I didn't like it that much. Um, it, I'd, I'd give it like a C. And I'm like, oh, okay, you were laughing through this whole movie. Well, the next day she's like, are you watching it again for the podcast? Why? Because I want to watch it again. It was funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, all right, so you like the movie for yeah. sure. A scene <laughs> movie you're not turning on the, the next day to be like, 
Let exactly. me watch again. So exactly. Um, I, I, and I didn't even give my ranking. Like I I'm going to rank, like I rank superhero movies differently than I would rank like, and like an actual, like dramatic, like and a movie. Like I think like yeah. an example, like Shawshank Redemption for me is going to be like a 10 out of 10. If I gave this a 10 out of 10, I don't put them on the same level. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it, but I think like in terms of enjoyability, I would definitely give it like, like a nine out of 10, which is a lot in terms yeah. of DC movies, the DC universe. I'm not going to include like any of the Batman movies or, um, the Nolan Batman movies, but right, I would right. say I would say my favorite is um, Man of Steel, which got which I I I I don't know if you guys have seen this if you guys follow Rotten Tomatoes on Facebook or anything, which got a fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a travesty out of some really? of the other movies that got like like I What's guess the, what, we, what do you call? Do you know it? what the audience score was? I I didn't know I didn't I didn't no, look to it. it only That's very surprising. I imagine, to I me. imagine it's higher. No, but a lot of people hate Man of Steel, like because like really? I, I I a lot of people I talk to do not like Man of Steel, um, but Man you know I, I love that's my well, obviously yeah. my my favorite. I probably put that in the top three with Wonder Woman and the Suicide <laughs> yeah. Squad. Yeah. Now I, my next hot take is I I probably deserve to jump off the podcast in terms of uh, enjoyability factor. Um, number two would be Suicide <laughs> Squad. Number three would be Batman vs Superman. <sighs> So it was fun knowing you guys. Yeah. All right. So catch us next week. (laughs) Just me and (laughs) Harry. I'm talking about enjoyability factor. Like I, 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 I've said before, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, like I, I think it's good. I put in top five like DC movies. But I, I still Listen, think enjoyability factor. I'm gonna sounds like we got Superman. a future future podcast to look forward to. So mm-hmm. yeah, dropping the DC Fo- rankings. So after this, my Joel Kinnaman will uh, podcast will drop. My Batman vs Superman podcast will drop. I'm doing them all. <laughs> um, but I uh, know. But in I'm all seriousness, like grows. I would put this. This would kind of be a close tie between one and two between Man yeah. of Steel and and Suicide Squad. So. Real quick, one question I had for you guys um, was obviously I don't know if you guys saw the news uh, or if the folks out there saw the news, but uh, Warner Brothers announced a deal with AMC Theaters uh, for a 45 day release window, uh, so not going straight to HBO Max. Um, so yeah, just wanted to open it up for you guys on your thoughts on that as being uh, you know some industry news. Um, well, it's a bummer because I have enjoyed. <laughs> in these COVID times, watching yeah. movies day and date on HBO Max. Um, if the pandemic is over by next year, which is unlikely, mm-hmm. then um, I'll say, okay, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'll go to the theater and I'll see it. But uh, for the most part, I'm not a fan of it, um, not having that. But that said, I wasn't too surprised by the news because yeah. I was almost positive when when Warner Brothers announced that they were going to do day and date this year for HBO yeah. Max, they flat out said this isn't going to be the case for 2022. I don't think they had a specific like X amount of days uh, release window for 2022, but they but they did say it's not going to be day and date like it is this yeah. year. So, yeah, it wasn't. Shocking. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I think it, it kind of like I, I haven't gone to the movies much in the past two years, like pandemic relate it because a they either weren't open and just not you know not feeling that comfortability going back to it um but i mean like i think i've only been to the movies uh three times since rise of skywalker um i think rise of skywalker and twice um this summer for black widow and fast fast nine 
But I, I think I it, as like it's hard to really get out and go to the movies nowadays. Like a pandemic aside, I think just like the fact of like having other responsibilities, like you know, being you know a parent, it's hard to like kind of get time to go out and go to yeah. movies. So I, I kind of utilized like for Suicide Squad, I watched it on HBO Max, which was great. It was like easily accessible. It was there, um, and I think that you know when is this taking effect? Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hopefully, I mean, by that time, like things slow down with the pandemic. Like I think I would, I, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see, but I think that I would, I, it would have to be a movie that I would really like enjoy. Like wonder woman. I like wonder woman, uh, 1984. Like I still haven't watched that. And that's been on HBO max, I think for a couple, for a couple weeks now. Um, but I wouldn't go like 45 days and watch, like I wouldn't go, I could wait longer than that. But if it's like the yeah. Batman, I would, I'd go probably opening weekend for, so stop. I, I, <laughs> I still don't understand this. Um, well, I mean, what I was just going to say about it is like, for one thing, like being a, a, like we all enjoy going like for lack, you know, whether we have time or not, we all enjoy going to the movie. We all enjoy that. Right. Pop. We all enjoy that, you know, not soda, just the pop that you hear in a theater when something great oh, I happens. Think it's so scary. I love soda. Um, yeah, well, who doesn't? <laughs> it's, a, it's a vice. Um, but like, yeah, as far as it is, like what I really enjoyed about them releasing it same day as the theater is like, there, I don't have to worry if you're moving this movie. I don't have to worry about if you are, you know, going to postpone it two weeks. Like you have the date set where I can have access to it, you know, through HBO Max. So, you know, and, and listen, I definitely enjoy, you know, before we get on listening, you know, with closed captionings, as we've talked about on our previous pod yeah. uh, and having those available to kind of be like, oh, is that what that person said? Or what was that during that moment? So um, but guess yeah, what? You want to watch news. it at 520 or 1215 yeah. or, you know, 140. You can watch it yeah. whenever you don't have to sit and wait for yeah. a specified you, time. Exactly. Yeah. Love I watched this back. in like two parts. Because yeah. then, like I could just pause it and go back to it. Yeah. Um. Which I and I I would miss that kind of factor of it. But yeah. I, I again the experience is like I I've been I've loved going to the movie since I was like I my first movie I think I saw in theaters was like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Um. Which I wasn't allowed to go, but my aunt and uncle took me. Um. But I Shout think. Out to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but since that, like I um. I, I I agree. Like I I would miss like I would miss that. Like I would have to feel comfortable to go back. And I'm hoping oh, that yeah. I'm hoping that like things kind of start calming down when that kind of has an effect. Like there's still going to be movies that I'm I'm going to want to see in theaters, like Dune, the Batman, um, the Matrix, the fourth Matrix movie. Like there's just a few examples. Spider Man, like the Marvel movies, um, that I'll want to see in theaters and if that's an option, that would always be my first option. But yeah. like Suicide Squad, like I kind of had, I was kind of a little hesitant going into it. So I was, I kind of felt fine watching it on my TV. Um, yeah. And like the same with like, if I watch Wonder Woman 1984, like, like when I get around to watching that, like same thing. Um, but I, I would, I, I, it doesn't affect me as much where like, I kind of had a feeling that this whole, like the HBO Max thing wouldn't be permanent because it's just yeah. a, a terrible, yeah, an awful business move in the long mm-hmm. run. Well, I was going to say, Chris, uh, pro tip, save yourself some time. Don't watch Wonder Woman 1984 and rewatch Wonder Woman again and appreciate that good film. Oh, 84 was good. I enjoyed it. It was fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't 80, doesn't Run 84 have... Who's it's the like two hours and 45 minutes. The who's Cheetah the villain and that? Maxwell Lord. There's four villains in that. Good luck. Yeah, Who's Maxwell two. Lord? I forget who plays him. Pedro uh, Pascal, homie. Yes. Are you serious? You on the yeah. Pedro Pascal train? I, I didn't see the movie. 
<laughs> yeah, get on your narcos bin. He's, he's you gotta, got he's got that up. right right in queue behind Captain Marvel. Exactly. <laughs> I actually was listen. I, it's you talk about long movies. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is like two forty five almost. Yeah, so. I know. Then that then I need a week to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a solid Monday to Friday. Like before I go to bed, I watch a half hour here, 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 and then I'll, I'll be done by Friday. All right. Well, I think that's uh, our signal to wrap things up here. We are done with our Suicide Squad review. Uh, everybody go see it. The Suicide Squad when you can. Um, any final thoughts or anything for the peeps here? Yeah, just uh, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you guys get a chance to hopefully watch the movie. Let us know your thoughts on, you know, DC Universe, you know. Uh, make sure Chris has another female strong superhero that he that he needs to watch their movie for <laughs> and uh, remind him about that. Um, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Hands anything for the peeps? Um, no, thank you for listening. Again, leave your comments, anything that we might have missed. Um, I know there were a few characters we didn't dive too much into with Suicide Squad, but um, if you're listening, you probably watched the movie already. If you didn't watch and you're just listening for fun, go wow. out and watch it. Support this movie. Uh, I think that one of the biggest things is it didn't, it, you know, with the grossing in theaters, I mean, largely because of the pandemic, it did not yeah. get, you know, as much love that it should have gotten. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, watch Suicide Squad. And mm. make sure you don't mix it up with David Ayer's version. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, as these guys mentioned, make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe. Let us know who your favorite character from the Suicide Squad was. Let us know who you'd like to see in another Suicide Squad sequel. If there's yeah. any Z-list villains or heroes that you think would be fun. Um, but other than that, thank you guys for tuning in as always. And make sure you live spicy. Spicy. We'll